Hello everyone, I'm Steve, a Scottish adventurer and wild camper, travelling around Scotland capturing sunsets and sunrises. I talk about tents and all things camping, the places I go, the views I get, and of course, the people I meet. So join me on this podcast as I take you camping on the wild side. Welcome to my podcast channel. First of all, apologies for my long absence. I've been contacted a few times by people asking when I was doing another podcast, so I do apologise sincerely. So if you're new to this channel and this is your first time listening, thank you. So what do I do here? Let me give you a quick brief. I'm Steve and I work in the world of performing arts and have a huge passion for the outdoors. Since I could walk, I guess. I've been camping for over 40 years. I still don't class myself as a professional. Why, you ask? Well, because gear changes, places change, and laws change. And all I do this is for a hobby. So what's the podcast about? So I run a YouTube channel called Camping on the Wild Side. And when I get away while camping, I film a trip and upload it to my channel. In this video, I show you my tent, all my camping gear, the foods, and any equipment I use, and of course, the views I see. I started the podcast a while back because not everyone has YouTube, and podcasts are becoming more popular with people travelling around and on the go. I turn each of my videos into a listening story for the podcast channel, allowing people to be immersed into the world of my adventure camping trips. It also helps those who are less able to get out to the outdoors. People of old age, people with disabilities, and even people who live abroad. So it's a different way to get you to hear my adventures. It's quite nice laying in your bed or in a quiet place listening to a podcast story. So I hope you enjoy mine. My adventure podcasts are true. They are not exaggerated or beefed up in any way. You can watch the video for each of these podcasts on my YouTube channel, if you like, at Camping on the Wild Side. So now that's the brief, go and grab a cuppa and a biscuit, put your feet up, and let's begin. I haven't been camping since October 2023, due to work and life. I won't butter this up, but like many of us, I went through a period of not being able to think properly. I couldn't pinpoint it to anything. It was just a combination of the cost of living, worry and anxiety. So that put a dampener on my life for a time. The festive period and into January wasn't great weather, to be honest, so that added more time in the house. I'd been watching some YouTube channel videos of other campers and seeing them get their tents shredded in the wild storms we had, or being frozen and had to pack up and head back to their car. I've been there, and I've done that, and that's not what I needed to do after such a long time off. So nearing the end of January, I was itching to get away. 
I picked up the Scottish Bothy Bible book by Geoff Allen and flicked through it to see where I could go. After much head-scratching, I decided on two Bothies, both in Dumfries and Galloway, and not far away from each other, so I could do them both in the same weekend. So I'd settled on Kettleton Byer Bothy as my first of two Bothies. So all was left to do was to pack my rucksack. Easy, yeah? Absolutely not. I'd actually forgotten how to pack my rucksack. For some strange reason, I couldn't figure out what to take and what to eat. I put this down to not having done it for ages. It was actually a horrible feeling. Eventually, after packing and repacking, I was sorted. So what I packed, my rucksack was the Berghouse Trailhead 2018 model. My sleeping bag was the Mountain Warehouse Extreme Down. I had a Gore-Tex sheet for laying on. An air mat, which I bought on a second-hand site, which was comfier than my older mat. A water filter. Spare socks and top. Bed clothing, so a thermal top and bottoms. And socks. Sleeping bag liner for warmth and protection. Macarimore walking boots. Gaiters for leg protection. Waterproof trousers, waterproof jacket. My jet boil stove with gas. Food was homemade soup. Some pasta, some tea bags, nuts, chocolate, sausages, some rolls, and a couple of spare food items for emergencies. The electricals I took was my Samsung Galaxy S10 phone, a couple of battery banks, my Sony Cybershot HD camera with spare batteries, and my new DJI Mini 3 Pro drone with three batteries. I also had some DD walking poles as well. Now I was all packed and ready for my trip, I could get away at a good time in the morning. The weather wasn't bad as I headed off for the little village of Durrisdeer. It took ages to get there due to the remote winding country roads. And they aren't fast. And anyway, I was enjoying the countryside views. I eventually got there about noon, which was good going. Durrisdeer is a quiet, sleepy village of around 15 houses, if that, and a church. A beautiful little place. Parking the car and getting myself sorted, it was still a task at this point. I was still nervous as I hadn't been out for months, so I was a bit flustered until I got my boots and my rucksack on. I slowly walked down the road and off to the left, along a farm country track with farmland on each side filled with sheep. All I could see was hills to my left and green fields reaching out to the distance on my right. A few birds caught my eye and then the distinct fanned tail and colours of a couple which took me by surprise. It was a couple of red kites. Fantastic to watch. They soared in the sky above me and on occasions came down so low I got a good view of them. They flew off into the distance and disappeared. So I carried on my walk. The weather was still good. A little cool, but it was early February. Through some gates and into the hill, 
still on the track, which was good underfoot. The hills opened up, with no trees in the area. The hills were covered with a mixture of heather and bracken. In amongst them were pens of pheasants and partridges, as this was a working shooting estate. There were many partridges flying about in the area, as I continued up the ever-increasing track. Some stone underfoot. I was out of shape, and the walk was telling me so. I was unfit, as I huffed and I puffed most of the way up. The area was beautiful. The winter colours of brown and greens covered the hills. A stream ran below me to my right, so I didn't think a water supply would be far away. I could see the top of the track where a gate stood, so it was a good indicator for a rest. As I reached the gate, surprisingly, the little bothy stood against the hillside. I didn't realise it was there. I took a little slow wander over to it, with the thought, I wonder if anybody would be in, like a hall walker or a camper. Or, actually, would it be open? This was Kettleton Byer Bothy. A small one-room stone cottage with an adjoining storeroom. A window with dust and cobwebs made it look very interesting. I took a step up to the green door and gave it a knock, pulling back the bolt to open it just to alert anyone inside of my presence. I said hello, but got no reply. So I entered the second door and walked into the small main room. Nobody was here, and a natural relief and happy thought entered my head. It's mine, I said. Hopefully. We all think that and want that when we get to the bothy. It was dark inside due to only having one window, and with the doors wide open, helped bring more light in. I managed to unpack my rucksack and get the essentials out and in place. My sleep system was the priority, so I got that done and the air mat was needing blown up, so I did that and sorted the sleeping bag. The sleeping bag liner tucked down inside my sleeping bag. My night clothes and water bottle were placed on top. It was easier to find them. After that, I got my food items out, and more importantly, I got my soup on the go. Igniting the jet boil stove with a few clicks to heat it up since I was pretty hungry now. The jet boil stove is a great stove for heating and boiling things very quickly. I took a minute to walk outside and take in the scenery around the Bothy. It was lovely, and a perfect setting for a Bothy location. Surrounded by hills, it was just great, and very quiet. This was my home for the night. I brought some coal and a small amount of kindling to keep the fire going. So I placed that by the metal stove. My soup started to heat up nicely, and I let it simmer away. My gear was everywhere, so I tidied things up, just in the off chance people might come in. The steam from the soup was a good sign that it was near ready. Turning the stove off and unclicking the main canister of the jet boil, See, that's the good thing about these stoves, that you just eat everything from the canister, 
watching you don't burn yourself. Sitting down with steaming hot soup was bliss. The soup was fantastic, just hot enough to warm my insides and my hands at the same time. Scraping the remainder of soup from the bottom of my pot, I admitted that it was all finished. A well-needed feed that soup was, and hit the spot. Taking my camera, I went for a last wander along the track, further up into the hills. Not too far, just a wee wander. The views were amazing, and it was at that time where I could do some time-lapse footage of the dark clouds coming in as the sun started to set. I could feel the cold nipping around my face and hands, so I didn't spend too long out. Getting back to the bothy was a nice feeling, and now I could concentrate on cutting some extra firewood and make the fire ready to light in the next 30 minutes, after I'd had a little cup of tea to warm my hands. A flick of the lighter, and the paper at the bottom of the fire crackled alight. Spreading underneath the wood, it quickly started to warm up. A gentle blow made sure it didn't go out, and brought more flames to grow. You can't beat starting a nice fire in a bothy. The heat, the glow, the sound of crackling pieces of wood makes it very romantic, and takes many of us back to our childhood. With the fire now pretty much secure, and heating this little bothy up nicely, I put the water on for yet another cup of tea. It can be a regular task making a cup of something hot in a bothy to help you warm up and it's nice to hold a cup of tea or something hot in your hands while you watch the flames of a fire. The fire was established so I could now sit down and look at some of the magazines that had been left from other users in the bothy. A good selection of wildlife ones were to hand as well as some other ones from the Mountain Bothy Association, who just so happened to run and maintain this bothy. You can check them out at the Mountain Bothy Association website, where you can also see all the other bothies they actually deal with around Scotland. As darkness started to make the fire the only source of light in the bothy, it was time to get the candles I brought and get some more light in this place. I had four candles alight making this place very cosy. With the fire heating away, it was pretty comfortable to say the least. Still nobody had came to the bothy, so I was pretty confident I would have it all to myself. But stranger things have happened, with people turning up at all hours in the night. I was a little peckish, so I made some pasta. Just one of these plain packets. Nothing fancy, just plain and simple, which worked a treat. And then followed by, yes, a cup of tea. That was me fed and watered for the night. It wasn't late, but I was feeling very weary. So all the coal I brought went onto the fire to keep it going as long as I could. And then boiled some water to make my hot water bottle. Which is one of these items I always bring. It gets put into the sleeping bag to warm things up before I jump into it. I got changed into my thermal clothing as my last task before I get into my sleeping bag 
and in a bothy setting, this can be pretty chilly. It was very dark as the candles went out. In fact, it was pitch dark. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face, and for me, that was way too dark. I'm not used to sleeping in complete darkness, so your mind doesn't let you actually get to sleep. So out my sleeping bag I got, crossed this cold stone floor, and lit a fresh candle. That would give a little light so I could sleep better. Or at least try to. I managed to drift off while being very warm and cosy in my sleeping bag. I always toss and turn, so I'm a bit of a fidget. I'm like a dog. I always turn round and round, trying to get that comfy spot. I awoke with daylight shining through the small skylight window, which startled me as I didn't even know what time I went to bed. I did wake a couple of times during the night due to my air mat deflating, so I had to get out my sleeping bag and blow it up again. Not ideal, so that's why I slept in. A lovely fresh morning met me as I opened the door of the bothy, letting a rush of fresh air in. It was dry, and it was a nice start to the morning. Cup of tea on the boil, while I got changed into my walking trousers and top, which were freezing to put on. At least I put my walking socks inside my sleeping bag, which was good to help them dry, so they were warm. It's a horrible feeling as you put on cold clothing, until you jump around trying to tell your body to warm up. Boots on and cup of tea in hand to start the wake-up process. I had a good breakfast planned, which was sausages and a couple of rolls. The worst thing about taking things like rolls as a treat for your breakfast is that they never look like rolls when you finally get to camp. The sausages were sizzling away in the pan and I had to try and salvage my rolls after they'd been flattened by my rucksack contents. So, with a sharp knife, a gentle slice and cut them in half, trying to save them as best as I could. Freshly cooked sausages on a roll is one of the best bothy breakfasts you can have. A great food to help you warm up and at the same time fill your stomach. Two rolls were eaten for breakfast and that was just perfect. And yes, yet another cup of tea was had. It was a lazy morning so after breakfast I packed my rucksack, cleaned the bothy as we do It's part of a ritual to tidy up after you stay, so it's clean and tidy for the next walker. With the last bit of filming done, I said goodbye to the Bothy with an entry into the Bothy book, which is a little paragraph of what you thought and how your stay went. Some folk write some great stories and tales of their adventures, and they're always good to read. Anyway, I closed the door of the bothy and started to make my way back to the car, which was all downhill. Ravens, buzzards and the odd red kite were flying about me as I headed down the track as the bothy disappeared out of sight behind me. As part of being a wild camper and bothy user, I tried to take a bag with me so when I walk back I can pick the odd piece of rubbish to do my little bit of extra for the countryside.
and to help the landowner out. It was a lovely walk back as I neared the village of Durrisdeer and back to the car. This was where my bothy adventure at Kettleton Byre ends. It was a lovely experience, a lovely bothy, and in a picture setting. If you would like to see the video that this podcast is based on, you can check out my YouTube channel at Camping on the Wild Side. Maybe you can leave a comment on one of the videos of your choosing. If you'd listened to the podcast, it would be good to hear from you wherever you are in the world. I'm Steve, and you've been listening to a podcast from Camping on the Wild Side. Until next time, take care and enjoy the outdoors wherever you go. Bye for now. Thank you.